the domestic season may be over, but we still have the Champions League and Europa League to come. And Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Starcast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. In today's Europa Pokal special edition, 23 years of hurt for German teams in the Europa League continue as Bayer Leverkusen's boss man gets bullied out of the competition by Big Rom Romelu Lukaku's Inter. While over in Lisbon, Bayern Munich prepare for a very messy meeting and RB Leipzig hope it's a case of yes we can against the dark knights of Atletico Madrid. With me, not in the studio, but in his lavishly appointed penthouse in Berlin, is contributor extraordinaire Christoph Biermann. Hallo, Christoph. Hallo. Guten Morgen. Hallo. Guten Morgen. Hi. Lovely to have you on. Christoph, we, we have to start with Leverkusen. They lost 2-1 against Inter in the quarterfinal of the Europa League, but it actually felt more like a 5-1 or 4-1 defeat. The, the difference in class was all too painfully obvious. Yeah, you're right. But in the end, they could have got an equalizer some sometime in the second half. That would have been unjustified, but there were some some chances and so they could have sneaked in the in extra time and whatever happens in extra time or maybe on penalties. But but you're right. Inter was the much better, more mature team. Uh, there were situations uh, w when it looked like it was uh, grown-ups playing kids, uh, but but that's mainly because of uh, big Rom Romelu Lukaku. He was very, very impressive. I completely agree. I had the same feeling. It didn't look like adult football from both teams. And the physical difference uh, and the, uh, the power, the athleticism of the interplayers was, was very noticeable. And it got me thinking if perhaps it's one of the reasons why Maybe Leverkusen in particular, but also German teams on the whole in the Europa League have struggled. They don't seem to have the same physicality anymore. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I think it's something you can also uh, also see when you compare Bundesliga teams to teams from from the Premier League or from from English football in general. I think they uh, spend a lot more time. So so in England and and also in in uh, Inter, for example. They spend more time with weight training or whatever, so they they look like bigger men. And and I'm I'm wondering if there is a maybe a, a, a different concept of of uh, a training altogether, something um, that should be uh, explored. I think. I think something that should be explored is perhaps Peter Bosch's tactics as well. He changed it up. He he played a pretty attacking formation. Kai Havertz on the right and Kevin Folland as a as a real strike in inverted commas, and two more attacking midfielders. The problem that I thought Leverkusen created was they pressed Inter really high, which forced them to go long, which 
had them bypass the whole Leverkusen midfield. Romelu Lukaku took the ball, and then you had six Leverkusen players out of the game. So I don't know if that <laughs> early pressing tactic really uh, actually exacerbated the problem that Inter wanted to be direct. Yeah, but but in general, that's how Leverkusen plays. So so I think it's it's not not complete a complete misconception to to stick to your uh, general plan when when you go in this kind of of match. And I think yeah, they had some some counter situation, and then they looked more dangerous on that, especially with DRB. Uh, coming on the on the left side, uh, from the left side. But I think it, it wasn't so much about tactics uh, yesterday. I think it was more of general quality of of players and and not so much about uh, organization. Another intangible. What about the personality, the character? Is it something in Leverkusen's game that when it doesn't come off, that we are quick to blame? You know, psychological deficits uh, from hundreds of miles away. It's an easy accusations to level at any team that's losing or is there indeed something that isn't quite right when it comes to real competitiveness a real will to win and the kind of resilience that you need in a game of this magnitude against an opposition that is superior uh, seemingly in both football, but also in their, their psychological approach. I mean, that's something that has been discussed about by a Leverkusen for, I don't know, as, as long as I can, I can remember. Decades. They are, decades. Yeah, actually decades. I mean, they, sometimes they call it Neverkusen because they don't win anything in the end. And sometimes I feel it very unjust because very often they don't have the best team or the better team and they come very far with what they have. Sometimes they they really falter in surprising moments. So my impression yesterday, it, it was not so much about another Neverkusen uh, story. It was a a good Leverkusen team against a much better Inter team, and and I think that's um, finally the uh, the story. And I I didn't have the impression that they were playing so much below their standard. Or maybe they could have done better, but I think the the quality gap between the two teams was. Uh, big enough to not discuss Neverkusen again. What about Kai Havertz? Do we have to discuss his performance? He didn't seem to be playing with any degree of confidence or freedom, apart from one or two isolated moments of, of the usual creativity from him. Yeah, um, that was also the impression I had. He didn't feel free. I, I think that uh, that nails it because um, I mean, because of what's the reason? He is surely thinking about his future, and I think it would be good for him to leave to make the next step, as we say nowadays, because he's a. Still, he is an outstanding player, he's a fantastic player, he is one of the best of his uh, generation. But now it, it, it looks a bit like as if uh, the journey at Leverkusen is, is coming to an end for him. But the situation is complicated. It's a bit similar to Jaden Sancho at, at Dortmund. A bit similar uh, because uh, Leverkusen, they do want to have a, a lot of money for him. 
prefigures, and I think in the end they they were they are willing to wait another year uh, because when the market is is more is better for them than it is now. It will be really interesting what is going to happen in the next weeks. Um, I mean the transfer window of, uh, is open for quite a while, and so it will be interesting to see who is really taking money in, in, into their hands to uh, to get him out of Leverkusen. Chelsea are certainly trying, whether they can meet Leverkusen's demands. We'll have to wait and see, but I agree with you, Christopher. It, it looked like a player who just doesn't necessarily want to be there that much longer, I think it's fair to say. And uh, maybe his his development would be helped, would you know, would, would be fostered by by a change of scenery and being surrounded by slightly more accomplished players. I think we have to ask a more general question here, Christoph, and it's a very it's a very uncomfortable one. Why is it that one of the biggest leagues in Europe cannot get into the latter stages, let alone win the Europa League? It's now twenty three years since the German team last lifted the UEFA Cup stroke Europa League, Schalke in ninety seven. It's eleven years by my math since a German team last contested the final at Werder Bremen against Shakhtar. How can that be explained? Is the answer because Bayern Munich are not Bayern Munich are not playing in the Europa League, <laughs> and they will never uh, be relegated to to the Europa League from the Champions League? I think one explanation might be that a lot of the German clubs don't really like the Europa League and, and so that's not the case for for by Leverkusen in um, yesterday or so um, but 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 in general the the approach to to the Europa League from many clubs was like oh, it's an extra so we're playing very uninteresting teams and then we're suffering in the Bundesliga and so famously for example Freiburg Two, two, three years ago, three years ago, went out against a team from Slovenia in the in the qualification round, and there were very few clubs that were really taking the competition to their heart, like Eintracht Frankfurt, for example. In Frankfurt, everybody loved it. They uh, they reached the semi-final um, in the end. Also, when you looked how uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach over the years when they played in the Europa League, so that was that was um, yeah that was a, um, a big celebration for for the club. The problem might be that there is a mix of acceptance of the competition and and the qualities of the team. So. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach or Eintracht Frankfurt weren't good enough in the end to to win the competition, also although they took it to their heart. And then there were others like maybe Leverkusen or Wolfsburg in, in uh, that that probably had a bit more quality, but were not taking it as seriously as you probably would would like to do. And, and and it's not only from the coaches and and from the players. It's also from the supporters to say they oh it's fantastic we play uh, international football. We like to go there and 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 there so uh, there was a huge away, uh, huge away figures from fans from Frankfurt and Borussia Mönchengladbach, for example, in recent years, and uh, and and I think that's that's part of the um, uh, explanation. Do you like beer? Do you like free? How about you guessed it, free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. Thanks to our good pals at Beer52.com. 
you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious, painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash German and cover just a postage of $4.95. Gotta pay the postie. And as if that wasn't enough, as a listener of Stahlcast, you get two extra free beers. So that's 10 free beers. Beer 52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Belgium, South Korea, California, New Zealand and many more, but they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time the power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it all off. Don't like dark beers? Choose the light plan. Easy. Just go to beer52.com forward slash German to get your case free. And don't forget right now, Stahlkast listeners get two, three extra beers. I buy it to a certain extent. I think it's part of the explanation, but I wonder if there's something, I don't want to say wrong, but maybe deficient in the football that, that stops German teams going further. I have this theory and let's see if see if you agree or think it's total rubbish. The Europa League tends to be dominated by Spanish sides. Uh, the Europa League tends to be dominated by teams that either have tremendous quality and shouldn't be necessarily in the competition. Man United would be an obvious case, maybe Inter as well. But also by teams who look after the ball really well and who are perhaps not prone to pressing or prone to losing the ball and, and, and playing the kind of game that Bundesliga teams often want to play. So when it comes to you know playing usual, your usual pressing game, as many of the, the, the sides do, they just kind of play around them and find a way through game management, through the quality of the players, just to overcome that collective challenge and have one or two individuals just make a big difference at this level. What do you think? Mm, it's an interesting theory. But I, I think it's especially true for, for, for Spanish teams because sometimes it's um, when, when Spanish teams are facing German teams, you have, uh, have the feeling when you look at the players, ooh, um, they, they will, be, will have problems too with these Germans uh, being stronger and, or, or looking stronger. And then the, you, you have a lot of technical solutions on the pitch. The same goes for teams from Portugal, for example. But it, is that a general deficit? Probably yes. Uh, probably it's that this pressing. So so if if you if you want to uh, if you want to be successful on that stage, maybe you have to combine two elements: the pressing and the ability to play combination football. Um, to to have uh, solutions for small spaces and, and this kind of um, this kind of stuff and uh, but there are teams I mean uh, for example if uh, we're talking about Leipzig later on I think they managed to to combine these elements so they don't uh, are not playing in the Europa League but if if they would have been relegated to the Re Europa League I think they would have had a fair chance to to win it because uh, Julian Nagelsmann added uh, this quality to the general 
uh, RB uh, Red Bull pressing approach that was brought in by uh, Ralf Rangnick um, over the years to to all the teams um, of the company. Okay, so let's talk about Leipzig now. Um, their ability to play in small spaces will surely be tested against a team that doesn't allow you big spaces at all. Atletico Madrid. Many people say the worst possible draw for this Leipzig team. I kind of agree at the same time I think they're perhaps not quite as defensively solid as they were two or three years ago uh, they did concede quite a few chances admittedly against one of the best sides in in Europe um, against Liverpool and got a little bit lucky with the way that they eliminated the English champions in the last 16 round but still probably not the ideal type of opponent for Leipzig's approach, but but who, who would would have been the ideal opponent? I I, I think it's um, uh, it's now on on in the stage of the competition where uh, where every team brings in a lot of quality and qualities and and I think uh, you've been talking to Julian Nagelsmann and and he, he was saying that um, maybe so they see themselves as the underdogs at the outsiders of the competition also against um, Atletico. But they they uh, rightly saying uh, that is now the chance is bigger than the chance would be if if it would be a, a two legged competition because I think then um, I would fully agree they they are a, a huge they would be a huge outsider but but over ninety or one hundred twenty minutes or so in one match I think they have a fair chance. If they uh, find a solution, what to do without Timo Werner? Because I, that's obviously a very big problem for them. It's a big problem, but perhaps not as big a problem against Atletico, where I think Werner's capabilities of, of playing, especially in transition, of attacking the space, of coming from that inside left channel, would probably be not as, I don't want to say as relevant, but as easy to utilize um, as it might be against teams that give you a bit more space. Um, Nagelsmann was hinting at a formation with one striker and uh, an extra midfielder, perhaps even two extra midfielders if they switch to three at the back. They're trying, I think, to control the midfield and at the same time maybe see if they can find solutions outside the box because getting into the box is so, <laughs> is so difficult against Atletico. What? When you were talking to, to, to Nagelsmann, uh, what, what was your impression how optimistic he was uh, about the, the match against Atletico? Well, I got the sense that they really believe that there is a unique opportunity, that Atletico is, yes, it's an awkward op opponent, but maybe not as bad as Bayern would have been. He mentioned Bayern in terms of the motivation for the players would have been perhaps more difficult knowing that, oh no, it's Bayern again. Uh, as it is, they, they are up against teams that they haven't played against, if they can go, get one stage further. And I think there is a sense that they can be the dark horses, the real surprise team of this competition. He seemed very, very optimistic, very confident. But I also detected beyond that a sense that this could be, not in, not in terms of the competition, but in terms of the season, um, Leipzig being a little bit at the crossroads in relation to Nagelsmann and their own development. He was talking about the need to maybe change the makeup of the squad, trying to add different type of players to have more of a collective feeling, all the kind of stuff 
that winning teams have and teams that are not necessarily geared towards developing young players. And I don't want to say I sense the type of uh, sense of frustration, but maybe you could hear that these are questions that ruminate, that germinate, that, that, that occupy him. And um, I think Leipzig kind of need to work out how they can get out of that challenger status in, in Germany and become part of the elite without necessarily sacrificing all the unique ideas that got them there in the first place. And that's, that's going to be really tricky and it might eventually be too tricky for someone like Nagelsmann who's ambitious and wants to win trophies. Now, if you want to read more about Julian Nagelsmann, you can check out my interview in The Athletic. If you're not already a subscriber, you can get a 30-day free trial by heading to theathletic.com forward slash StarcastPod. What are their chances? I mean, you said, of course, that, and I agree that the one-legged format gives them improved possibilities to go through. But on the balance of the two teams' capabilities... Will we still have to just favor Atletico? Yes, of course. But but there is a another advantage maybe, and that that is a timing of the uh, of the competition because uh, Leipzig. Uh, the same goes for um, for for Bayern, of course. Um, they had a real break and and uh, could prepare for the tournament. And I I think, and that's also something that uh, seems to be expected from the uh, the Bayern camp is um, the development of fitness uh, from the other teams in, in the competition that their, their season was a bit longer. So, so how, how can I say that for, for a team like Atletico, it's like the end of the season tournament. And for uh, Leipzig and same for Bayern, it's a kind of pre-season uh, uh, thing. I, I think that's uh, probably the approach um, that uh, both German teams have. And uh, same, same goes for Bayer Leverkusen. And I think you could see yesterday that in the end, um, they looked a bit fresher than uh, Inter. And uh, maybe we can see something of that um, when Leipzig is playing um, Atletico and later on this week when Bayern is playing Barcelona. Yeah, well, Bayern certainly looked fresh against Chelsea. They were also very vocal. I had the pleasure of, of seeing them live in the stadium and it was really fascinating to hear how much talking and sort of mutual coaching was going on. David Alaba was always talking to Alfonso Davis where he should be positioned. Thomas Müller was telling people where to play the ball even before they had collected it. Uh, Thiago was quite loud at one stage saying, Leck mich am Arsch, which I found was, was very well enunciated. There was a sense of a, a team that kind of takes care of itself. And I think what a number of coaches have, have now said in, in recent weeks is that teams who kind of function without the extra motivation that comes from the crowd, without perhaps even the extra um, push that that you know, the uh, the sense of occasion or or even the manager can provide, they tend to thrive in this new and hopefully only temporary football that we're seeing today. And I think that's why Bayern, that's another reason why Bayern are seen as favourites because they seem to have just dealt with this whole thing so much better than certainly anyone in Germany, but maybe even, maybe even at the European level. 
How, how good are they, Christoph? You've been elegantly avoiding the uh, inward uh, intrinsic motivation. and <laughs> But I think you're absolutely right. What, what you see uh, with them is, is not only a high level of intrinsic motivation, so, but, um, but you, what you can see is some, some very old-fashioned uh, team spirit. They look as if they have a, a tremendous atmosphere. And I had the chance to uh, talk to Hansi Flick uh, the last week and to uh, Hermann Gerland. Oh, please don't put him on the cover. <laughs> no, no, uh, you, 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 can, uh, you can relax. Um, so, so I've been talking to Hansi Flick and, and um, I've been talking to Hermann Gerland, his uh, assistant coach, and to Holger Broich, who is the... Um, Professor Holger Broich, um, who is yeah, the, fitness uh, the fitness coach. And um, uh, when you talk to them, they are so excited to talk about their collaboration. And they are so excited to, uh, to talk about working with the team. And, and uh, it's something that we have um, discussed on this pod um, here before, that you can see how much fun they have and how much fun they have working together, encouraging uh, themselves on the pitch, getting through the difficult situation, for example, weeks of cyber training and, and, and stuff like this. So, so they have a lot of quality, uh, that's obvious, and, and they, they, they're one of the top teams, but now they are a top team in a... Uh, they are excited about themselves. And, and uh, I fully agree with you. For me, Bayern is uh, the, the favorite um, of, of the competition. So what about Barcelona and Messi? Is this just the last hooray of a, of a man who's raging against the diminishing light with a team <laughs> around him not lo no longer at the same standard? Or can he himself knock out this Bayern team? He my, Lionel Messi is still the, uh, the uh, by far the best football player in the world. But uh, football is a is a team sport. So and uh, yes, uh, uh, the same argument uh, we had with with uh, RB Leipzig uh, playing uh, Atletico and it's it's one leg and and you have ninety minutes and you have a, a typical cup competition and you randomness and and chance and luck play uh, uh, probably an important role. And then you have this this great, outstanding, admirable player, and and yes, it it, it can also be um, uh, one one great night of of Lionel Messi again, even if he has a. Uh, a team supporting him that is um, I don't know if they even come to the end of a circle I, I, I it makes more the impression that it's it's uh, ju just not good enough but yes I mean Lionel Messi he can be for one fun one night always can be the man to decide it yeah well he can certainly do it on a warm night in Lisbon I think we don't have to question question that ability let's see what happens okay thank you listener thank you christoph we hope to catch up with you again soon maybe to discuss an old german final we can but dream goodbye hey everyone james richardson here from the totally football show listen 11 months on we're finally getting to the best bit of this football season because the champions league and europa league are about to restart 
at the sharp end. Last eight knockout tournaments await in Portugal and Germany, and we'll be following both competitions with special nightly podcasts every single match day, ready for you to download first thing in the morning. So have your breakfast with Honigstein, Horncastle, Cox, Gurianov, and all your other totally favourites, and me, as we wave goodbye to this epic footballing year in style. Our daily Totally Summer Special is available on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places. And of course, you can also listen to it ad-free on the Athletic app.